That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Well, welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. I'm David Brody. It's Friday, January 22nd, 2021. And Donald Trump will be glad to know that we are leading the show with him. Kind of. Sort of. That's right. He's back. Not back in the White House, but back in the news today because it was announced that the article of impeachment against him will be sent over to the Senate on Monday. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer made the announcement today. Now, as I mentioned, the Senate will also conduct a second impeachment trial for Donald Trump. I've been speaking to the Republican leader about the timing and duration of the trial, but make no mistake, a trial will be held in the United States Senate and there will be a vote on whether to convict the president. I have spoken to Speaker Pelosi, who informed me that the articles will be delivered to the Senate on Monday. Look, whether it's even constitutional to have a trial is up for debate. We're going to discuss that in a moment. Meanwhile, Joe Biden continues to sign executive order after executive order. It's like an EO marathon, actually more like an uh-oh marathon instead of EO for many conservatives. Wait till you hear about the one with transgenders and women's bathrooms. We're going to break that one down. And the United States has a new secretary of defense. Lloyd Austin confirmed today by the Senate he makes history as the first African defense secretary, uh, African-American defense secretary. We're going to explore what this means for the U.S. military might going forward. Now to our newsmaker. Let's uh, talk about impeachment, the Senate trial that we think is going to start. Jordan Seculo with the American Center for Law and Justice is with us. Uh, Jordan, always great to see you, sir. Good to see you, David. Well, tell me, you were part of uh, President Trump's legal team. Uh, Your father, obviously, Jay Seculo, argued against impeachment in the first trial. What's going to happen this time around? what's, What's happening here? So what it looks like is that they will receive the article on Monday. Now, could that mean that they they start a trial on Tuesday? At this point, yes, there's not an agreement yet on when this trial should start. But there is a proposal by Mitch McConnell out there that says, you know what, uh, the the new uh, president's new defense team, we still work uh, for President Trump in our private capacity where we're dealing with what we call lawfare. He is being inundated with law, uh, with investigations around the country. So we're dealing with a lot of those. So we brought in, uh, again, a new kind of legal team to handle this impeachment, someone who's got a lot of experience, Butch Bowers, with uh, representing uh, the, the three governors in South Carolina, including the current governor. He's been an elections commissioner. He's also been a special counsel before. So he's perfect for this in a, in a shortened impeachment trial. But what it looks like is that they're leaning towards an impeachment trial where you get briefing early February. So in about 10 days or so, the briefing will start coming in. But the trial won't actually begin until mid-February, and they're looking at a few days. We don't know exactly yet, but it's not going to be that three-week marathon sessions that we had in the first impeachment trial. So it's very, very different because there's a very slim record. The, the House only sent, had two hours of debate. They didn't have any witnesses. There was no testimony. Uh, it was just d- debate, vote, and here's one article of impeachment. So I, I think what you're going to see is twofold. One, 
an attack on this, that this is just not right to do, maybe not constitutional, that we, we shouldn't be impeaching former presidents, uh, since the real goal of impeachment is not that you shouldn't can't run for office again. That's secondary. The, the main goal of impeachment is to remove a president from office, and that can't be done here because he's already left office. And so I think even some of the Republicans who are more inclined to kind of uh, vote against this president, like a Ben Sass, uh, don't like how this is playing out. And I don't think Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer do a lot of favors when they kind of make this feel like we're all being impeached, like anybody who supported President Trump is being impeached because of a, a speech. And then uh, they know this would never hold up in a court of law. He mm -hmm. said nothing wrong that would ever be held up in a court of law. So what we're looking at is probably mid-February for the president. But I'll tell you, David, and for, for the viewers of, uh, of the water cooler, the president, which is pretty unprecedented, he's just facing legal onslaught after legal onslaught. And that is not normal for a former president. Yeah. But let me just try to clarify and others understand a couple of things. Uh, do, do we have any sense of who might represent the president at the trial exactly? Because you mentioned a little yes. bit. About, yeah. Tell me. Okay. So Butch Bauer. Butch Bauer is a South Carolina attorney. Uh, he, he will okay. assemble a team. Uh, he, has, he has represented uh, most recently uh, Governor McMaster in South Carolina in an ethics review. So kind of similar to these proceedings. He actually uh, represented uh, Governor Sanford in an impeachment in the state house there and won. Uh, uh, Governor Sanford wasn't impeached. He also uh, represented Governor uh, Nikki Haley at the time. Mm -hmm. And he's also a former special counsel on election law mm -hmm. at, from under the Bush administration, under the DOJ, and was the South Carolina election commissioner. So he's coming out of Columbia with a lot of experience in this. And we think as other members of the Trump legal team, while we're focusing on all this other onslaught, it's great to have him come on board with his expertise and send some new faces to the Senate after they spent three weeks with all of us, right. uh, send some new faces to the Senate uh, to make this case. So that's, that's how the team is being built out now. And there may be others added to it, but he will be taking the lead. Okay. So Jordan, and, and also on a constitutional issue, do we have any sense of whether or not there'll be a challenge to the constitutionality of this? In other words, if there's going to be a challenge, could, it, could there not even potentially be a trial and have this end up in the Supreme Court? H how would that work? So the research we've done at the ACLJ, we're very interested in this. There's, there's law review articles on both sides of this. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people think you can impeach even after someone leaves. Some think you can't. It's never been decided by the courts. And we kind of felt like after reading through everything that the courts won't get involved directly. So it's really going to be up to the Senate. And, and it's kind of I'd say it's like this. Do they want to set a precedent where you can do these uh, after office impeachments, because then the other side can do that too. Now, Republicans aren't quite as nasty usually as the Democrats, but it would set up the opportunity to say, well, I just don't like this former president. Let's impeach them. Let's take away their secret service, their ability to travel. And, and maybe just for, 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 uh, for, for giggles, we'll make sure they can ever run for office again. Now, in Donald Trump's case, that's different because they obviously are very scared of him running for office again and what he may pose to uh, whoever, if it's uh, Vice President Biden again back on the ticket or uh, Kamala Harris uh, running uh, if he only serves one term. But, but, but there will, that will be raised in the impeachment trial is that this is whether or not legal or not, is this the right thing and is it the constitutional thing? Because it's never been decided by a court and it likely won't be decided by a court. Uh, so you really oh. have to make the argument 
directly to the Senate. And when you're doing that, who are you talking to? Well, it's not the it's not the 50 Democrats for the most part. Maybe Joe Manchin. Yeah. But but other than that, you're really talking to a, a select group of the 17 or so Republicans you might be able to pick out that hmm. maybe don't love this president. And you make that argument to them, like I was talking about with Ben Sass, who was inclined to vote for impeachment, but thinks this process is just wrong constitutionally. Right. So you don't expect then any lawsuit potentially to be filed even before a Senate trial gets going. You figure, is, is it not worth it at that point? Well, so I don't think it would be before. I think it would be after. If, there were, if the Senate were to uh, convict, I don't see that happening. I right. see another President Trump holding up acquitted again newspaper like he did uh, the first <laughs> right. time, which again vindicates the president. I don't know why that Democrats are taking this huge risk of somehow hoping that 17 Republicans come on board to do their, their work. You don't think that's going to happen? You don't think they got 17? No, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, something spectacularly wrong would have to happen for 17 to, to move on uh, to with joining Democrats. So you vindicate the president. He's found not guilty again. He's acquitted. You put him back in the spotlight in the first 100 days of, of the Biden administration, kind of give him a new jumping off point to re-engage the country, which I think could be that, that point. And, uh, and honestly, if they were to convict, that's when I think the legal challenges would come. I don't think it will happen. Mm -hmm. But where, what you would do is you would say these are deprivations of fundamental liberties. You have a fundamental liberty right to run for office. Some are even saying, you know, if you wanted to run for office again and they did convict and they did take that right away, run for office again and see if the Supreme Court will even hear that case. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. they probably won't. So, I mean, this is, this is why it's, it's just a bad idea for the country. It weakens the, it also, it just makes impeachment like, like a censure. And that's, yeah. that's not what it's for. Uh, it's supposed to be used rarely and in serious cases. We had a significant trial a year ago with a lot of witnesses, a lot of testimony, and that was over a phone call that 35 people listened to. Here, we had two hours of debate in the House, and we're sending over Jamie Raskin, who, by the way, voted to decertify the Electoral College votes for Donald Trump in 2016, but has, is now calling people traitors, uh, an insurrectionist for doing that, and Eric Swalwell with a Chinese spy in his office uh, to make this case. That, again, not a great move if you're trying to convince 17 Republicans to join you in, in uh, punishing the president. Yeah, and a couple of, I tell you what, what they're going to have a trial maybe for a couple of days? I mean, what kind of, it's, it feels like a farce. Three days. It, it's, it's like a farce. It's a big old farce. Because there's no record. There's no, there was no, there was no uh, secretary, cabinet, you know, assistant secretaries and State Department officials and all that, and Vindman's and all those people testifying for hours upon hour at the House. Mm -hmm. There was none of that. It bypassed the Judiciary Committee. It bypassed the Intel Committee. So the interviews weren't there. The record is just... President Trump said things we don't like at a rally, uh, which yeah. included uh, peacefully protest, by the way, is what he's, he actually included those terms. And he pointed people towards the Capitol, where people protest peacefully all the time. It right. got out of hand, and we want to blame him. That's wrong. Uh, it's not an impeachable offense, and they shouldn't be impeaching a, a private citizen yeah. Uh, a former president. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, he literally said, march peacefully to the Capitol, and now all of a sudden he's responsible for an insurrection. Unbelievable. All right. Jordan Seculo, great to see you, sir. Really appreciate Good it. Good to see you, David. All right. That's Jordan Seculo. I tell you what, I learn, I learn a lot. I learn a lot from Jordan Seculo. Uh, look, uh, the truth of the matter is here, folks, that uh, once again, uh, Democrats talk unity, unity, unity. Oh, my. Uh, unity up the, I'm going to say it again. We say it in every show. Up the yin-yang. 
mean, they, they talk all the time, and then what do they do? You know what? I think we'll go ahead and have an impeachment trial. You know, really? Oh, okay. Good idea to have an impeachment trial when you're president and you've been impeached, but he's no longer president. All right. I've got nothing else to say. Back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And welcome back to the water cooler, everybody. Uh, Boy, Joe Biden, President Biden, signing executive orders like they're going out of uh, style, business, something like that. like an executive order is like now potentially a recipe for disaster, according to conservatives. We're going to talk about all of that uh, and a lot more with uh, Ken Blackwell, who joins us, a senior fellow at the Family Research Council and the former Secretary of State for Ohio. Ken, always good to see you. It's been a while. Great to see you back. Good to see you, Dave. Well, Ken, uh, I want to get to some of those executive orders, uh, but but first let's talk about something uh, that, that I know you're on top of, which is something that's not getting talked about all that much, which is something the House is doing, the first thing the Democrat House is doing. Why don't you take us through H.R. 1? In general, H.R. 1 is an effort to fundamentally change the electoral system of our country, uh, to move us towards a federal system uh, that is centrally controlled. Uh, And their agenda is pretty clear when you read through it. Uh, They would make permanent uh, the the, uh, actions that we saw in this past election that weaken the chain of custody, uh, weaken the verification systems, uh, and made our system more vulnerable to irregularities and, and, and fraud. Uh, and as a consequence of this push, what they have as an ambition is to make this a one-party country. Uh, and it, it, it's so consistent with their, their emerging worldview, David. Look, since Aristotle, we've been interested in the organized power of the state and individual liberty. And we know through various forms of government, the, the more muscular the centralized government is, uh, the weaker individual liberty is. And the brilliance of our constitution is that it puts a harness on the, 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 the reach and the power of government and that optimizes individual liberty. And what we can see uh, in what they have been saying rhetorically, both President Biden uh, and the majority in the Congress is that they have been talking about doing away with the incubator of liberty, and that is the family. And so if you start looking at some of their policy prescriptions, it weakens the family, which is the incubator of liberty. It strengthens government. And the second thing that they do, they do it through running God and faith out of the public square. And as a consequence, what we see is a leftist agenda emerging with a whole host of things that cut across uh, the cultural norms of our country. 
Well, I think Marco Rubio, Senator Marco Rubio, is uh, channeling you. He just put up a tweet uh, today talking about a radical leftist agenda in a divided country is not going to help unify our country. It's only going to confirm 75 million Americans' biggest fears about the new administration. That's what he's talking about. And, and I am curious, though, that there are a lot of Trump supporters that are a bit despondent, uh, extremely sad uh, this week and, and going into these next four years because they feel like they're ne that, that Republicans, conservatives are never going to win another election because they believe that the, the game is rigged. Maybe not the election, but the game, which is the election to a degree, is rigged. And it was done on the front end. And you mentioned H.R. 1. So, so what can people do to make sure some of these uh, laws don't get changed to the point where elections can't be won again in this country from a conservative perspective. Well, we have to understand that right now our present system is a decentralized system that operates in our 50 states. State legislatures have come back in to session this month and they will be in session next month. And the reforms that we need need to be pressed right now. So those folks at the state and local level are on the front lines and they can't they can't retreat they can't surrender they can't throw up their hands uh because at the at the end of the day they are not only the beneficiaries of a harness on government uh they are the drivers to make sure mm -hmm. that the government is 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 kept in check uh and our individual liberty uh is allowed to to, to flourish and so get involved. Don't don't retreat. Get involved. It's so important. And get involved with state legislatures right now yeah. in those states. Make sure that, you know, the th those those policies mm -hmm. that make that assures that a person, a voter is who he or she claims to be. Right. Make sure that there are not gaps in the chain of custody uh, so that, you know, uh, we, we, we don't have these yeah. suspicions that the in the integrity has been has been uh, been breached. Right. I want to bring up one executive order uh, that has to do with uh, the transgenderism issue. Let's put it on the screen. Uh, once again, this is a Joe Biden executive order he just signed. Uh, this is what it says in it. This is the language. Every person should be treated with respect and dignity and should be able to live without fear no matter who they are or whom they love. Children should, here it is, children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, the locker room, or school sports. And, oh, when I read that, I said to myself, well, wait a minute, how's this going to play in the suburbs uh, with uh, soccer moms out there, if you will? I mean, this, this whole idea about school sports and having boys compete in, with women uh, in, in girls' sports and then in the bathrooms. What do you make of what Joe Biden is doing here? I've got about a minute left or a little less. They keep, they keep pushing that, that nonsense. Uh, Republicans, if they are disciplined, will in fact gain the majority in the, in the House uh, and, and possibly gain it back in the Senate in the 2022 elections. But folks have to be on, you know, we can't let them drive God and faith out of the public square. They've shown their cards when they talk about doing away with the Mexico policy so that we become exporters of abortion and this, where in fact, all of a sudden, there are no gender definitions uh, that, uh, that, that we should be enculturating our, 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 our children with. Yeah. Ken Blackwell, uh, put very eloquently and uh, really important words from you today. I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so very, very much. 
Always good to be with you, David. All right. Ken Blackwell there at the Family Research Council. And he's right. Uh, once again, with the left in this country, give an inch, they take a mile. Here's the problem. If they take a mile, guess what? There's something called the voting booth. You can do something about it. Uh, and once again, they just seem to push the envelope to the point where they're their own worst enemy at times. They, they push it much too far to the left, if you will, and then it comes back uh, to haunt them. All right, uh, we've got a lot more uh, coming up, including uh, the first African-American defense secretary in United States history confirmed today on the floor of the United States Senate. We'll talk about the impact of that when we come back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, Lloyd Austin, the first defense secretary, first African-American defense secretary in United States history. Uh, what does it mean uh, for the United States military going forward? I want to bring in Mark Geist, a uh, former U.S. Marine, co-author of the uh, book and movie, 13 Hours. Of course, he fought at the Battle of Benghazi uh, there. Hey, Mark, uh, great to see you. Uh, honored that you're on our show today, sir. Hey, thanks for having me, David. It's always uh, good to be here. Yeah. Hey, Mark, tell me a little bit about what you make of uh, Lloyd Austin. I don't, I don't think most people know much about him, but uh, I'm just wondering what you what your sense of in terms of the direction of the military moving forward under his command, if you will. Um, you know, I think first and foremost, my concern is, uh, you know, this is only the third secretary of defense that is with a military background that has received a waiver uh, to have that to waive that seven year period between their service and when uh, when they're back into a secretary of defense. And, and and that kind of worries me. I mean, we ran that with Mattis um, under Trump. Uh, and I know a lot of uh, congressmen and senators were a little bit leery of that. And we, you know, it ended up probably not being the best decision in the world with uh, General Mattis. And, uh, you know, we our founding fathers set it up to have that separation of powers to ensure that our military had the oversight of our civilian population. And, you know, this, so that's one thing that does concern me. And I know him having the deep ties he does with uh, the Bidens, um, with the left, I guess is the best way to put it. I also worry as long as a lot of my friends in the military worry about getting back into a lot of these wars that uh, um, President Biden have, probably is going to get us back into because he's going to go 180 degrees away from where President Trump was. And, you know, myself, me and my wife have a nonprofit called Shadow Warriors Project, and we help out those veterans and those uh, service members and private security contractors that work overseas. So um, we've had plenty of people deal with PTSD and the injuries that they received, and we need to kind of get away from those wars. So that kind of worries me as well. 
Yeah, no, for sure. And, and Mark, you know, one thing on Donald Trump's watch, he did a lot of good things for this country. He did not get us into any more wars. And uh, as a matter of fact, he drew down uh, quite a few troops in certain areas. Uh, uh, you think it's going to but you think it's going to be potentially the exact opposite based on Biden's track record? I do. I do. You know, uh, um, President Eisenhower said the biggest fear he ever had when he left office was the military industrial complex. And we saw it running, you know, running full force during uh, um, President Bush as well as President Obama. And I really think that uh, looking at all of the cabinet members that uh, uh, President Biden has put in, it's going to be back to normal. It's going to be business back to normal. And so when you say business back to normal, what, what are you suggesting under this uh, system that you're talking about? Is it just is it more kind of itching to go to war? But I mean, they are also Democrats, so I'm not sure if it's like the the neocons out there. Uh, I'm just trying to get a sense of what you mean kind of back to normal. Well, you know, you look at even with uh, Secretary of Defense Austin, he comes for he sits on the board with Raytheon, um, a mm -hmm. big defense contractor. And a lot of those big industrial, you know, that big industrial military complex has donated, you know, they donate to both parties. And just as a veteran, my worry is about getting more veterans out there and into uh, into those areas where we shouldn't. Um, I think our military has to be strong. I think it has to be ready. But I also think that we have to temper our involvement in the world uh, when we're getting into those situations that could so easily be drawn into. I mean, I look at the things that President Trump did, drawing down our troops, pulling out of Syria, you know, and a lot of people talk about how we uh, abandoned the Kurds. The only thing is most of the people that say that, Biden included, and uh, his vice president, Kamala Harris, is they've never done anything with the Kurds and they don't understand the Kurds. The Kurds are broken into three different regions and three different well, actually more than three, but three significant different factions. And the ones that uh, supposedly we were um, that we were abandoning are the ones that are creating terrorist activities and doing suicide bombs. And we don't want to be a part of them anyway. So I don't think that was a bad call on the pre on, our, on the former president uh, um, on his call. That was a good thing. Yeah. Regarding Donald Trump, it was always peace through strength, and there was always strength there for sure. He wanted to build up the military. He wanted the military to be the strongest uh, there ever was. Uh, are, are you concerned about the funding aspect? I mean, Democrats uh, love to spend money, but when it comes to the military, it seems like it's, it's the exact opposite. You know, and that is true. And historically, they have, uh, I mean, I served under, uh, you know, uh, President Reagan. He did a great job with the military, um, also under Bill Clinton. and. Uh, pay raises for our military and funding for that, it, it went down a lot. And that could be the case. Um, and we've seen already seen that President Biden, I mean, in his first day in office yesterday, he cut about 60,000 jobs uh, by canceling the Keystone Pipeline and also uh, defunding or unsecuring our southern border. And, you know, those are other things that worry me. I mean, all of those things that... Uh, that's a national defense issue when we are not going to have a secure border. Yeah, you're gonna, I guess you'll keep an open mind. You'll see. You'll see what happens with Biden. You're not. You're not holding out too much hope, but you'll. You got to. I guess we got to. Everybody's got to give him a chance at, at first. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, and I hope he does what he should, and that's serve the people, and not not just serve the far left. Um, 
I hope he serves all the people. I think that, uh, you know, I will commend him that he's having a diverse, uh, it seems like he's going to have a diverse cabinet, mm -hmm. but I'm not so worried as much about diversity as I am about quality and qualifications. And I do think that uh, Secretary of Defense Austin has those. I mean, I've talked to uh, some of the higher level uh, officers that I've served with or been around, and I've not had anything but positive comments about him as a leader when he was in charge of CENTCOM. So I just hope that he sticks to his guns and takes care of the military and supports him as uh, as he should. Ten, ten seconds or so, you're going to miss President Trump? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. I, You know, we knew exactly what we were going to get and where it was going to go. You may not like how he said it, but we did know <laughs> what he was going to, you know, we always knew where he stood on things. And yeah. it was always America first. Mark Geist, uh, thank you uh, from me and everyone here at the Water Cooler for your service. Uh, you're an American patriot. Really appreciate you. Hey, thank you, David. You guys have a wonderful day, and God bless you. God bless you. All right, Mark Geist, uh, the author of 13 Hours Fought in the Battle at Benghazi. That, folks, is an American hero. Look him up. Back in a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to The Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, the future of the Republican Party. Uh, boy, we're going to be following that storyline over the next four years. Uh, let's bring in Liz Harrington, uh, formerly with the RNC and now uh, over there at uh, thewarroom.com. Hey, Liz, great to see you. Hey, great to see you, David. Well, where do we begin with the Republican Party? Maybe with Liz Cheney. Uh, why don't we start there? Uh, th this idea that Republican House members, at least over 100 of them, are looking to... Uh, get rid of her from her leadership position. What's the sense there? Obviously, you're around Republican circles quite often. What's your sense about what's happening here? I think there's growing momentum against anyone who falsely represented themselves and betrayed their constituents. So what we're seeing with the over 100 uh, members of Congress coming out against, that is on um, the heels of the local Republican Party in Wyoming taking action. They really got the ball rolling because, again, the House of Representatives, it's supposed to be the closest to the people, right? That's why we went to them to overturn the fraudulent election, to send it back to the states. That's what the founders had in mind. But since they didn't follow through and follow the Constitution, what are people doing at the local level? They're contacting their local Republican chapter. So the Wyoming GOP came out. They said the phones were ringing off the hook. They said, we have to dump Liz Cheney. She does not re represent us. And then what happened? You had Carbon City uh, County, Carbon County in Wyoming. They voted unanimously to censure Liz Cheney. So that momentum, getting involved, letting your voice be heard, going directly to the people who are supposed to represent you. Now you have over a hundred representatives saying, why is this person in leadership if you do not like the people you're supposed to represent? Make no mistake, she called over 75 million Americans a mob. 
That's what she called yeah. the Republican voters that put her there, to put her in this position of power. So I think this is a great sign. This shows that you can actually still make change if you get involved and you hold people accountable. And we'll see what happens. But I think there's growing momentum on the side of getting people in charge in our leadership that actually represent us, that actually like us, that aren't ashamed of their own voters. I mean, imagine that. And it's just completely absurd for her to be in leadership still if that's how she feels about her own constituents. Well, you said we'll see what happens. And what we've been putting up on the screen, and I want to put it up again, this uh, chain, uh, Liz Cheney drawing a primary uh, challenge just days after of voting to impeach Trump. It says uh, there at justthenews.com, Anthony Bouchard says the congresswoman uh, and leadership member is out of touch with Wyoming voters. So, so it's already begun. It makes me think about uh, a potential Senate trial coming up, Liz, and some of these Republicans are going to have some tough votes if it, if it even gets to a trial. I mean, there's a constitutionally, constitutionally there's an issue there as well. But if it gets to a trial, I mean, they're going to have, they might have a reckoning and potentially be primaried by uh, MAGA Nation if uh, some of these Republican senators decide to vote to convict. Absolutely, because that's where the power comes from. The reason why the Republicans had the majority in the Senate, the reason why we won 27 out of 27 toss-up House races uh, this November is because of President Trump. Make no mistake, that's where the power comes from. So if you're going to betray your your country, if you're going to rubber stamp this fraud, you're going to be held accountable. And we'll see again. The, now we're hearing that the sham impeachment article is going to be coming on Monday. Uh, Mitch McConnell's trying to strike a backroom deal with Chuck Schumer over how this trial goes. They want to rubber stamp this. They just want to try to cancel President Trump. Well, they can't cancel the 75 million of us plus because I think it's more than that that actually are the power behind that movement. And if we all band together and make sure that there's pressure on every single Republican senator, they don't have consent of the governed. They don't have a mandate. They don't have any pop popular public support. They don't. Look at Joe Biden, the fake regime that they're putting in, 48% approval on day one. Does that sound like he got 81 million votes? Mm -hmm. There's no support behind it. It's all a house of cards. So if we all band together and put pressure where it needs to be applied at the local level, at the House of Representatives, at the Senate offices, yeah. then we can make them be accountable and not do this to the country. So I think there's a lot of power in that. And it's a good thing to use this opportunity. They're trying to cancel President Trump. We can use it as an opportunity to get the truth mm -hmm. out there and to show this fraud in all of these swing states. Liz, you mentioned the local level and you talked about whether they be primaried or get involved. Uh, one of the ways to get involved, I would think, is that on the front end with election laws, I mean, so, so, I mean what, they, what the Democrats did on the front end of this election uh, was really a travesty. Uh, I mean, so the, the question then becomes, what can people do on the front end? Because there's a lot of Trump supporters that are frustrated and really down thinking, how do we even let this happen? How, how did we, we, we miss it on the front end and we got burned on the back end? We have to get involved. We can't get demoralized because that's exactly what the left is counting on. That's what the establishment, the ruling class, they want business as usual. Well, we cannot allow them to turn us into a one-party system. 
Go to the state legislatures. They're open in session right now, state by state. It's not just the swing states. It's not just those corrupt counties where they manipulated the rules and violated election laws. And they didn't, they went around the constitution with this mail-in ballot schemes. Every single state legislature, they're the ones who are in charge of their election system. So every single state needs to shore up their process and make sure we have a sound legal system with voter ID, no uh, mail-in voting uh, on this wide scale with no signature verification. We can't allow that. We saw how that can be used to stuff the ballot box. So that's where it starts. The state legislature, they're the ones in control. Um, We know what Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats and the corrupt Republicans as well and the the ruling class in Washington are going to try to do, but they can't do it on the local level. That's where elections, that's where the Constitution mandates that these laws be changed through the state legislature. So that's where we have to fight. That's where we have to have our voices heard and really put the pressure. And we have the support. Remember, Democrats didn't flip a single state legislature. We have a lot of control. It's just up to us to make sure they do the right thing. All right. Liz Harrington, always great to see a former GOP national spokesperson. And of course, with thewarroom.com. Liz, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. uh, Great stuff. And that's why she's a spokeswoman, because she speaks well. Hello. Great title. Uh, And she not only speaks well, but she believes every single word of it. And that makes an effective spokesperson. Anyhow, off my soapbox. Back in a moment with the last one. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Bite.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Welcome back to the Waterfall, everybody. Time for the last set. Uh, Senator Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, uh, by the way, now <laughs> on the Senate floor. And uh, well, <laughs> so he let's let's set this up. There's going to be a trial uh, against President Trump in the Senate. Uh, and Chuck Schumer is going to be a juror, uh, juror on that trial. This is what he said about the trial. Have a look. It makes no sense whatsoever that a president or any official could commit a heinous crime against our country and then be permitted to resign so as to avoid accountability and a vote to disbar them from future office. Makes no sense. Regardless, the purveyors of this unusual argument are trying to delay the inevitable. The fact is the House will deliver the article of impeachment to the Senate. The Senate will conduct a trial of the impeachment of Donald Trump. It will be a full trial. It will be a fair trial. But make no mistake. All right, so he just said it'll be a fair trial. He's a juror on that trial. And then did you hear what he said at the beginning? He said he called it a heinous crime. So let me get this straight. How can you be a juror on a trial if you're already prejudging the defendant, right? Called it a heinous crime. Should he not be disqualified from voting? Anyhow, 
that's how normally it works, but apparently not in the Senate. Anything goes in the Senate. Oh, and here's the funny part. Ready for this? Ha ha. Uh, 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 Majority Leader Schumer got a little tongue-tied today with a certain word. There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. Oh, am I on? <laughs> I'm sorry. What did, can we play that one? What did he incite? Was it the insurrection? No, it wasn't the insurrection. Shall we play that again? Do we have that? Can we do that again? All right, let's play that again. It wasn't the insurrection. Here it comes. There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection against the United States. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's a first. I had no idea he incited the, that. Uh, I love Schumer's face. He's like, once he said the word, he's like, uh, eh, you know what? I said it. What am I going to do? Take it back? Let's just move on. It's the Senate floor. What do I care if I said that word? Whatever. Back in a moment. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. It's Friday. It's the last block. The weekend's almost here. Hey, uh, let's go to Daniel Payne, shall we? Reporter at JustTheNews.com, who is with us. Uh, Daniel, always great to see you. And I mean that uh, as authentically as as I can. Thank you very much, and I am authentically pleased to, to be here as well. <laughs> okay. What are you working on, Daniel? I mean, not that I don't read your stuff, but clearly I haven't before this live hit. So, so what, <laughs> what, are you, what are you working on, for goodness sake? Well, you know, today at Just the News, we have an excellent report um, about the charges of incitement leveled against Donald Trump. And what we did was we actually spoke to a fair number of legal experts who are well-versed in First Amendment jurisprudence and case law surrounding free speech. and what most of them said pretty convincingly was that legally speaking, uh, it's 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 very unlikely that uh, that Trump uh, incited the Capitol riot. Uh, now, uh, as far as the timeline goes, that's one of the more interesting aspects of it. Um, he actually uh, delivered some of his most uh, kind of fiery remarks that Democrats claimed incited the crowd. Uh, he delivered those remarks at the same time that the riot was beginning a mile and a half away. So, so proving incitement on those grounds is going to be hard in the first place. But the legal experts we spoke to said that, um, that there's a high hurdle to clear to actually convict somebody in court uh, of that kind of incitement. They have to uh, be uh, you know, uh, knowingly and willfully uh, inciting the crowd, and there has to be uh, incitement of law, uh, uh, imminent lawless conduct. So it's it seems unlikely in light of what happened that day that Trump could, uh, could possibly be convicted on those terms. Yeah, and, and if you look at the timeline too, right? I mean, they, they were starting to riot and, and, and the insurrection, if you will, started before he even stopped speaking. Right. I mean, the, the fact that, uh, like I said, a mile and a half away, uh, he was still talking as they were storming the Capitol. It becomes very hard to sustain these charges on those grounds. Now, 
Uh, yeah. Political impeachment is another thing entirely. That right. is that is a political process, and they can impeach him for uh, whatever reason they do or don't want. But uh, given the fact that the, the case law doesn't support it and the timeline really doesn't match up with what they're claiming, right. that's going to present a big hurdle for Democrats in the Senate. Daniel Payne at justthenews.com. You can check him out there. Just Google Daniel Payne and justthenews.com. You'll find it. Daniel, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me, Dave. All right. Have a great weekend. Uh, speaking of weekend, i got to tell you, I'm going to be up front with you right now. I'm going over my carbs. I'm going over my carbs this weekend. I'm going to probably come back uh, three pounds heavier. Now, Madison and Parker, uh, Austin, I don't know if we can zoom me out, but, you know, if you could put on the slimming filter on Monday, I'd appreciate it. Have a good weekend.